Hey there, just a quick reminder, we have a mentorship program if you're looking for personalized coaching and mentorship to help guide you to the next level of your interior design business, whatever that might look like for you, whether it's processes and procedures or what services to offer to how to incorporate wellness, intention, or spirituality into your projects, come join us over at designcoven.com forward slash join. Or if you're just in search to connect with other like-minded interior designers, you can join our free community also located at designcoven.com forward slash joy. Hey there, welcome to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. Our guest today is local San Diego artist, Taylor Chapin. Working in both oil and acrylic, Taylor Chapin's paintings examine advertising, branding, superficiality, and the construction of value under the lens of American neoliberal capitalism. Her work questions our mindless drive toward industrialized American consumerism, the contents of which fill and fetishize our interior and exterior space. She reimagines mundane consumer goods, emphasizing their inherent banality while simultaneously enshrining them, questioning how value is manufactured and challenging the perceptions of what is real, unreal, valuable, valueless. She is drawn to the allure of what lies underneath. She drapes, wraps, and covers with various fabrics to transform once recognizable forms into abstract shapes. She semi-composed inklings of what lies below. It is the illusionary quality of implied volume and depth that bemuses and betrays the two-dimensional space of the stretched canvas, allowing the painted surface to become an additional layer of the facade. Chapin was born and raised in San Diego, California. She received a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Painting from San Francisco Art Institute and recently graduated with a Master of Fine Arts at University of California, San Diego. She lives and works in San Diego, California. I love, love, love incorporating local artists into my interior design projects. And um, at the Design Coven, we will be visiting Taylor's studio here in San Diego, where we get to experience her work in person talk to her about her experience and how she transforms all of that into art. So if you're in the Design Coven, you have a treat coming up for you this Friday. You're listening to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. This is a podcast that guides you as a new or inspiring independent interior designer navigating your entrepreneurial path. Here, with my over 20 years experience, I will share my holistic approach to design with intention and ancient practices, including feng shui, all incorporating mind, body, and spirit into my design projects. You will also learn from seasoned interior designers as they give strategies and insight of how they built their businesses and continue to work in the field. Together, we will discover supportive trade partners, new ideas, creatives, and inspiring artists from around the world. I am your host, Rachel Lorraine Crawford. Hello, welcome back to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. I have artist Taylor Chapin on with us, and I'm super excited to get to know you, Taylor. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me, Rachel. I'm happy to be here. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna do a tour visit of Taylor's studio on Friday for the pro members in Design Coven. So you get to experience her art live and in person and her energy as well. So I'm gonna go ahead and open up our space by lighting a candle, just setting intention for connection, creativity. And then I'm gonna pull a tarot card. Um, most of the time I pull like crystal cards, but today I was being drawn to pull a tarot card. So great, I see what it. that has to do, what yeah. it has to say for us. Right, so we got that going, and then nice. I'm pulling um, from the Modern Witch Tarot deck, and her cards are very like it's like a modern oh, edition. Those are cool. of yeah, oh, the right away. Great. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Let's see what we got, and I'm gonna read the cards right side up. So if it all, if any of them come in upside down, I'm gonna turn it around. It's just okay. how I like to read. All right. So what? Let's just connect and see what we need to know for today. Yeah. What's here? Oh, we got the Eight of Swords. So this card is all about feeling stuck or a little bit trapped or stuck between a rock and a hard place. And oh, the, thing about, <laughs> the thing about the swords is it's usually all in our head. So <laughs> <laughs> I can relate. I can <laughs> definitely relate. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> we just we have the tools right there to cut that blindfold, to cut the binds from us. Um, she's standing in water, so that's connection to our intuition, our higher self, really being able to feel into things. Um, so yeah, it's like, I pull this card, I'm like, okay, like all those things or those cages that I put myself into, it's like, it's no one else is doing that. It's, it's all me and knowing that is really empowering and it's like, okay, how can I cut this? Yeah, I, I mean, that totally relates to me. I feel like it's always, it's in my head and it's within, like fortunately within my power to yeah. have a that too. Yeah. Exactly. We get to be our own hero. So it's like, don't wait for anyone else. Just, just. Yeah. <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> Good. I'm inspired. I'm ready to okay. get out of my head. Yay. Okay. So I always ask everybody that comes on just what's home? What's home for you at the moment? It could be the idea. It could be your physical space. I love that question. I mean, I think I'm so kind of home oriented in general. Um, and so, I mean, it's definitely the physical space for me of home, um, like our house where we live in Oceanside. And, but more so than that, like all of my, I don't know, for lack of a better word, tchotchkes. Like, yeah. I feel like I've traveled everywhere I go. It's like the same couple of boxes of stuff that I've had forever um, that, I mean, the collection continues to grow, but to like be surrounded by objects that feel mm -hmm. so familiar and like hold all these memories or have been given to me by someone special or have been like passed down through family I feel like that's what um I don't know they're always that's that kind of constant familiarity despite wherever I'm living at the time I'm curious you talk about like these tchotchkes or these things that you bring with you is there something in particular a certain object that you have that you have to bring with you in your travels or that somehow just always ends up being in your bag? You know, that's a good question. I feel like it's not necessarily one specific thing. Like when I just, when I'm traveling just for work or for pleasure, like I bring, I like have this tiny suitcase. Everyone's like, how do you fit anything <laughs> in that? And I like travel so, I don't like, I travel so like, so I'm like, I just need like one shirt and one pair of pants. But then when I'm moving, like it's like, 
boxes and boxes of like, I'm like, I had this when I was 10. Do I really still need this? But I know. <laughs> there's that emotional connection to it. And a lot of stuff's from family too. Mm-hmm. So it has these kind of memories. And I don't know, it makes every house, I mean, everywhere I've lived is like kind of like some version of the same thing because it's different setting, but yeah. um, all the same kind of objects that mm-hmm. I don't know, always feel like home. It's really cool. I love yeah. It. And the cats too. I can't forget about the live <laughs> cats that I have. Or <laughs> they're part of the family. <laughs> yes, don't want to shout out to them. <laughs> I would love to know you're here locally, which is mm-hmm. really cool. Um, I love talking to local artists because we get to interact with your work, like yeah, physically here. And your mural that just went up, like literally down the street from me, so I get to yeah that every day. <laughs> <laughs> Can you share, like, how did you enter? the art world like what what did that look like and when did that start yeah I mean it in in a very roundabout way uh, I feel like I kind of stumbled in stumbled into it I mean growing up I I grew up in Encinitas and I went to SDA and which was a great high school for art too I, they had a really fantastic kind of for a public high school they had much more arts program, programming than your average school so I always was doing art as a hobby growing up um, and never really thought about taking it more seriously or just didn't even maybe know that I could. Like, I was like, oh, it's just something that I do for fun and there's not a career in that. It's yeah. um, And then kind of through multiple failed attempts at college um, and to maybe taking the more kind of what I thought I should be doing route, I kind of had to think more critically about what did I actually want to do. And that's, I was taking some life drawing classes at Miracosta at the time. And one of my professors uh, was talking about art school and I'd never even like heard of art school. I was like, Ooh, what's that? Like, that sounds amazing. Um, And so he went to San Francisco Art Institute um, and he was like, you should check it out. It sounds like it's such a great environment. And so I ended up going up there to tour the school and I was just like in heaven. I mean, it's, I was just like, wow this exists like this is amazing this is where I want to be um and so like finally then being in that environment I just like my peers professors like everyone just making work around me was just so inspiring and I was like oh this is people this is people's lives like um and so that was probably my early early 20s and then just haven't looked back from there questioned myself a lot but haven't (laughs) haven't looked back what were you studying before you went into art that you realized that's not what you want to do? I was just doing a much like broader liberal arts education, um, kind of just hadn't really honed in on anything specific, kind of just GEs, um, vague liberal arts leaning, um, but just kind of not really knowing what I needed or wanted to do. And just that, like the stress of that, even just getting in my head about not knowing what I wanted to yeah. do. Um, so having this world of art open up was, I changed my life really, um, and kind of gave me a focus that I was really struggling, struggling with prior to that. That's so cool. What kind of art was it that your professor saw you doing that kind of sparked this inspiration to to open up this world to you? Do you remember? Yeah, it was a life drawing class. Um, and so he was teaching a life drawing class, which was great. I mean, it's always just so fun and helpful and difficult to draw from a live model 
Um, and I think, I mean, as you can see with my work, I've always been like very obsessively detailed. Yes. <laughs> um, so I think he just kind of like, I was putting like crazy attention and hours into projects. Um, and so we just kind of started having a conversation from there. That's so cool. And in your work now, are you using live models and? I do to an do? extent, like, um, I try to like every once in a while I try to kind of pop into a figure drawing class just because it's so fun. But I work from a model, but I usually photograph my model um, okay. because just for the like how long I mean I would be like asking I don't I think you know lawsuit eventually for <laughs> unfair labor practices <laughs> just because I mean they, the work just takes yeah hours days months hours so uh, I have a model but. Then I usually just use a photograph reference of them. Got it. So tell me what happened after you went you went to school and this is in San Francisco that you Yeah. So that was great. I just I mean I loved I love the Bay Area and it was just it was the first time that I'd um moved long term from San Diego. So it was just a really nice kind of I mean, there's so much to love about San Diego, but it was just nice to kind of be in a new space, new yeah. people, much more of a city. And I was up there for a few years. I had, I mean, it was just, I feel like my world kind of opened up with making work and painting and um, just being in a new environment. And I stayed up there for, I was probably up there for about four years in total, um, staying for a little while after school and working, working at a restaurant, had a studio in a really kind of, kind of dog patch area um, of the city and I was living in the city and it was just getting to the point where I mean it's all I mean it's all of California but it especially yeah. in San Francisco at the time it was just hard to sustain myself financially mm -hmm. with the with the time that I wanted to be in the studio um and so I was just like what's the like I'm working in a restaurant like to what end um yeah and so it was kind of felt like a natural time I was like missing my family and missing Southern California um, so I felt like it was a good time to not be in one of the highest rent districts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's not that much different down here, but right. Um, but yeah, I, I love it up there and I get up there every chance I get to. I have some family up there too. Oh, so. Nice. And so what happened when you came back home? Like, how did you enter the design community here in San Diego? Yeah, it was a little bit tough at first because I, I've... I mean, I'm so familiar with San Diego and have such a strong community here from growing up, but I feel like the arts community is kind of spread out um, or there's different factions of it. What really helped me actually was I started to uh, work as a teacher at Lux Art Institute, oh, yeah. which is now ICA, um, but it was Lux at the time. And so that was really my first kind of connection to, uh, I guess, a more formal art community. and. It was great. I just, I mean, I got some teaching experience, which I was really trying to kind of start doing. And that was fantastic. And there was such, such a great crew over there. And I mean, I'm still close with a lot of those people yeah. to this day. So, and it's just, I mean, it's exciting to see what they're doing over at ICA now these days. They've uh, gone through a big rebranding. <laughs> I know. I, we had Andrew on. Um, oh, on good. Class. Oh, Andrew's yeah. fantastic. So I'll have to connect that podcast episode to this one in the show notes so that they can get it. Yeah. Andrew and <laughs> Andrew's so great. I mean, I'm just so impressed by 
everything that he's doing with ICA and mm -hmm. um, I feel like he's making it more accessible and more community oriented and and connecting like North County to downtown San Diego yep. too so I just yeah just really grateful for all the nonstop work that yeah. he does. <laughs> <laughs> That's super cool. So what year was it that you came down and you were working at Lux and teaching? And Yeah, I moved down back to San Diego in 2016. Okay. And I had the kind of goal in the back of my head of going to grad school eventually for uh, art, of like Masters of Fine Arts. Um, but I knew kind of, or a couple of things, I felt like I'd been in the format of school for like a few years. And it's like, I feel like when you're making work, inside of an academic setting like you're kind of on display and like every when you're getting feedback and like always yeah. talking about your work always thinking about your work and like always hearing what everyone else has to say which is so helpful but then I also felt like once I was done with undergrad I was like I just need like some time to think my own thoughts mm -hmm. and see what all kind of digests uh with all the feedback and yeah. see what's still relevant what maybe isn't or how I kind of want to push the work um, and just kind of get out of, I mean, school is so great, but it's also such a bubble of like, how can I exist in the art world without yeah. this kind of support? Is it, and I mean, just hear like it's hearing from people that it's at the time, like it, that it's very much not the same and being like, can I do it? Like, can I sustain a studio practice? Like without having a deadline or a grade or, um, and it was a totally different experience, and but it was great. Like I just had time on the side to work in the studio and ended up getting some great connections through Lux that turned into shows. And so I was just working and painting for a few years down here um, and trying to just get more on my resume and uh, yeah. kind of build my own body of work with the goal of applying to grad school. Yeah, I ended up starting grad school at UCSD in 2019 um, okay. and it felt like it was like a really nice amount of time in between to develop my work more mm -hmm. and like kind of go in with a lot more intention into like what I wanted from grad school as opposed to just like out of fear of like not wanting to be out of school or yeah. out of like I just I felt like I was like I want to MFA because I want to be able to teach at the college level and I want to push my studio practice and so I felt like it really gave me that time and like ability to clear my head to go into a really difficult academic environment with fair mm. intentions. Yeah I love that you took that time off I mean it sounded like it was like three years to really reconnect yeah. with yourself. Totally. And it was super helpful. And I think it's just, I mean, all of the, these programs can be pretty competitive too. So I felt like I was really able to like beef up my resume and uh, demonstrate that I was kind of committed to working as an artist outside mm -hmm. of any type of structure. Yeah. I, I always like looking at like, okay, what makes an artist sort of succeed or be able to sustain versus somebody that kind of just has it as maybe this daydream or this hobby. And I think just hearing your story, it's like you really threw yourself into like giving back, teaching, creating relationships versus just kind of hoping and wishing that they get discovered. And Yeah, totally. And I feel like that's so important. I mean, especially like, I mean, I love being in the studio, but I also like 
I don't need to only be with me and my own thoughts all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like having that community and teaching. I mean, I feel like they all just complement each other yeah. so, so fantastically. And like each informs the other. And it's all this kind of ecosystem where one doesn't, I mean, they can't exist without each other, but I feel like they really support each other in kind of having um, a more balanced life, which I feel like can often be really hard as yeah. an artist. Yeah. Do you um, recall like having your first show or what that was like and when that happened? Yeah, um, I actually had my first like show. Well, there's a couple like I guess different structures. I think probably in 2016 I had like we showed during school and stuff. Uh -huh. But then at the time uh, or they're not doing it anymore because they now like need the space for retail, which I get. Okay. But at the time, <laughs> Viore, like the Viore store in Encinitas, um, had a wall that they like kept without any merchandise for showing local artists. Yeah. Um, so I had a show with with Viore um, in 2016, and that was the first time I'd like ever put a show together and. I was so stressed, but it was <laughs> like, I just like, I knew I needed to do it and it was yeah, what I wanted. Yeah. So I just needed to like rip off the bandaid and it was so great. And just because like, I'm so lucky to have such a community in, in Sneedis too. So like friends and family showed up. It was really, um, I was like, okay, this isn't so scary. Like yeah. I, what it was in my head versus, versus what it was in reality. Like it was totally great. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And that's cool. Yeah, and then like just, I mean, one thing always has led to another, which I feel like had just been very lucky and grateful for that. Yeah, kind of more opportunities can, I don't know, kind of like a domino mm -hmm. effect type of thing, mm -hmm. but that was the first kind of solo show, I guess. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, Viore, for having me. <laughs> Super cool. And I think it also just gives you that confidence or that um, that just kind of solidifies that this is something that you can do. And then also like embodying that energy of you are an artist and yeah it's really interesting to have shows too because it's so different than working in the studio like it's the opposite of working mm -hmm. in the studio like it's it's this kind of culmination of all these years of work and then you're like on display and like I don't know even like I feel like I like perform as the artist at yeah. an opening which is really fun it just is so different it like only happens like tops once a year and I'm like okay I can I can do once a year with yeah. the uh, like full-on social kind of component of it but I also love it it's so interesting to talk because what I'm thinking about the work with that I'm so close to like mm -hmm. is not what other people are thinking and it's so interesting to hear like how other people are interacting with the work and yeah it's it feels like kind of a whenever there's an opening it feels like a celebration and then by the time midnight rolls around I'm like okay what's the next project <laughs> <laughs> super right I was just gonna ask you like what's your favorite part about like connecting with people at these shows is it like their interpretation of, of your work or is there something else that really gets you excited and pumped up about it I think it's definitely that because I love hearing what people have to say about the work because it's so I mean I think that's one of the like beauties of art is it's so subjective like mm -hmm. you're coming in with your own experience and understanding and so I love what people notice or think of or connect. And then I also, I feel like with an opening, it feels like when I'm in the studio and working, even if I'm working on a deadline, it feels so 
kind of abstract. And so it's so nice to be in this, like feel like the culmination of this work has like resulted in, um, I don't know, the work getting out of the studio and into mm. a new space. And I feel like that's always kind of transform it. Like the work always looks so different outside of the studio. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, I love, I'm always so curious how people interact with work because I have my own, I'm in my own head or with my yeah. own narrative. And it's just so interesting to hear what people have to say. And I just like the social, I feel like sometimes the art world can be a little um, intimidating or hard for people that aren't familiar with it to enter. And I just, I feel like when you are able to talk to artists or like just be in that more social environment, I really try to like just make it as um, approachable as possible because I don't think it, I feel like it doesn't need to be put yeah. on that inaccessible pedestal that um, it sometimes is. Yeah, for sure. Can you tell us a bit about your current work that you're working on right now and like the inspiration and where that's coming from and, and where it's going? Yeah, yeah. So I've been developing this body of work for a couple years now um, that started in grad school thinking about um, a lot of my interests primarily kind of lie in this idea of consumption and consumerism like especially within the context of the United States um, which I mean it happens everywhere but I don't right. um, my, ex my experience is here and so thinking about how we are kind of we're trained to consume and how that ties into value and kind of signifiers of value of what is it like kind of even this idea of like conspicuous consumption and so kind of bear like brands like showing different kind of socioeconomic signifiers mm -hmm. um and so those kind of things have always really fascinated me because I feel like a lot of it is manufactured like it's not necessarily real like it's all kind of uh structured through like how we grow up what we think we want what we see our neighbors have like right. all of these different things that kind of prompt us to consume or work another day to buy the next thing and kind of play uh our role within the system um and so i've been thinking a lot about how objects and how kind of various kind of branding is like signifiers of these different types of value and so I was kind of initially starting with this idea of like what does it mean if I take away the identifiers like if you can't if you can't see the brand on the bottle of wine like how will you know if it's Tubuk Chuck or right. Dom Perignon or um, <laughs> and there's humor like I think too like for me humor is really important in my uh -huh. work because I feel like it makes it more approachable and I I want that so there's definitely a maybe a, a subtle subtle dose of humor and kind of playfulness in the work but within this context of thinking about I've started covering up various types of consumer objects and bodies as well in fabric and so there's really no identifiers left except for the form um, and they're covered up in all of these like super colorful super bright fabrics that are kind of mixed and matched and so I'll set these up um, in my studio and have people wear these kind of skin tight fabric suits and I'll work from these as photo references mm -hmm. um, and so then what I'm trying to kind of think about with this is like when I'm covering these bodies and objects up in these new kind of super bright super stimulating colors <laughs> um, 
like it becomes it's another layer of the facade of like yeah it kind of draws you in because it's right it's colorful but at the same time it's like empty in this way that i think about a lot of like that i feel a lot of branding and advertising is um so kind of i don't know a little bit like akin to like vegas or something where it's like all kind of smoke and mirrors but like or highly stimulated because there's so much going on, but is it maybe more of a means towards distraction as opposed to like a means to an end, like so that we don't think too hard about what we're doing or what the system makes us do. It's <laughs> just a, like a hefty dose of distraction in order to kind of keep up the status quo. Um, so that's the kind of work that I'm working on Right now, a lot of it's big, uh, especially the figurative work, um, but again, kind of like transforming these objects and these bodies through kind of completely obscuring them, but then they kind of take on their own new forms through like kind of wrapped color and wrapped mm. pattern and thinking about how that's kind of a, its own form of like playful deceit, I guess, or illusion. And so yeah. when we come in on Friday, will you have some of these works available or will they be on show? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I have some. I'm working on a lot of, uh, like this is all the work I have available right now. Um, And I'm working towards a couple of shows. So um, when y'all are in here on Friday, you'll hopefully see what I'm talking about because I feel like (laughs) (laughs) a picture is worth a thousand words. For sure, for sure. And we'll have photos on like the posts and the email blast. Oh, good. Okay, nice. What what you're referring to for sure. Because yeah, it's something that you definitely have to see um, and then you'll be like, oh, I get it. I totally know what you meant. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's kind of maybe the kind of themes or framework is like a really helpful additional component but the work also can be I mean kind of like what we were talking about earlier the work can like that's how I think about the work and read the work but when I talk to other people about it like they can also have a totally different experience yeah for sure and so what um what shows are coming up for you coming into the spring the end of winter yeah I have a I'm in a group show uh that's down at the San Diego library oh yeah um, that's the theme of it is around consumption and consumerism. So that uh, seemed like a perfect fit. <laughs> uh, so that's in May. And then um, in September, I have a solo show with the ICA. So ah, that's kind of my see. big project right now that I'm working on. So that'll go up in, I fortunately have a little bit of time because uh, yeah. the work takes a while but that's the other big project that I'm working towards right now and will that be in the Encinitas campus or down yeah it'll be at the Encinitas campus yeah that'll be in September it'll be like there's the two spaces um at the Encinitas campus and I'll be in the lower space and then an artist who actually I work was on faculty at UCSD and I got the had the pleasure of getting to work with her there she's going to be in the other Uh, gallery there so and her work is fantastic and kind of is thinking about similar themes in a in a very different way but I'm really yeah uh, excited to have coinciding shows with her as well super rad I love that you guys get to kind of show at the same time and and intermix and I know me too her work is uh her, her name's Danielle Dean and her work is fantastic and I'm like wow I get to I feel very lucky to 
get to show coinciding with her. So yeah. I think yeah. they'll complement each other really nicely. And do you always use the same medium and, and what is that medium and or do you like to experiment or what's your... Yeah, I am very resistant to change. <laughs> um, I'm I would almost exclusively call myself a painter. Uh, working, I've been working mostly in oil these days um, because I have, I love working in oil and I'm in a space where I have enough ventilation to do that. Um, but I've worked a lot in acrylic too. And doing a little bit kind of experimental stuff around installation when I do have a show and messing around with, I've kind of gotten into screen printing a little bit too, which has been really fun. Um, but I'd say I'm almost, almost exclusively a painter. <laughs> yeah. When I was at um, Oolong and you had that back room with the Oh yeah. Paintings, what did you use on the wall? Like that, it looked like wallpaper. It was really cool. Yeah. I learned how to do screen printing when I was down at UCSD. And so I had this idea of like making my own wallpaper for the show. So yeah, I got the, there's a vinyl that's like a little bit more removed, like the less permanent vinyl. So yeah. I used that and then I screen printed um, like I don't hundreds and hundreds of feet of it <laughs> for the show down at UCSD and then I had some leftover still okay. so I got to, I used that for the space at Oolong and it definitely it gets a little trippy in there yeah. um <laughs> I loved it I was like oh my god it's so rad <laughs> yeah I was thinking about it too because it like the or the way I've installed it in the past is the pattern on the background of the painting matches the patterning on the wallpaper so it kind of has this weird camouflage or kind of uh one-to-one -one effect it's kind of it's hard to look at for a while but uh it has a kind of i don't know i like the kind of distortion mm -hmm. that it creates it was totally trippy i loved it it was just it was just it made you like try to look okay well, where's the the painting and where's the wall and how does that yeah totally and i like also with that thinking about like how painting is usually so kind of or an insulation, like it's often so sterile, like white mm -hmm. wall, painting, white wall, painting. And so I like the idea of kind of just messing with that. And like it's with the wallpaper, it does so the opposite. Like they're like you're trying to figure out what's what as opposed to like the wall receding and the painting coming yeah. forward. But it just kind of like it, it was an installation all on its own. Like almost mm -hmm. like it was walked into a painting because you were just surrounded. Yeah. Yeah. And screen printing feels so akin to painting too, because I mean, you're you're pulling ink um, and then, then like, why do I ever hand paint this ever again? But <laughs> here we are. Yeah, yeah, that's super, super cool. I loved it. And I always ask this too, is there anything that you're doing that kind of keeps you grounded or any practices that keep you centered or just mindful in general? Um, you know, there's always things happening in life and just curious what your practices are. Yeah, I think one thing that really helps me is creating a sense of structure for myself, um, especially with when I'm, with days that I'm in the studio of, I feel like I can easily get distracted or go down an internet hole or get in my head. And I feel like what's I've found really helpful is just really planning out my time intentionally and sticking to that in a way that I would if I was working for someone else as yeah. opposed to myself. Um, and I've found that that's been just super helpful in helping me stay grounded and not veer too much into yeah. uh, a spiraling, a downward spiral. <laughs> For sure. So with that, I'm curious, do you like set 
um, art time or studio time? And is that when you work or do you get inspired and then you go in and work? Like, how do you manage? Yeah, that? I work six days a week probably in the studio. And I just feel like for me, it's, I mean, there's definitely times that I don't feel like working, but mm -hmm. I think for me, it's just so important to reinforce the habit every day um, that I just, whether or not I feel inspired, I make sure to get at least a few hours of painting done and wow. usually more, but definitely for me of just making a commitment to the structure that I've set up. And I mean, sometimes it definitely goes better than others, yeah. but um, <laughs> always trying to work uh, just really consistently, I, I found for me at least is really helpful. Yeah, I'm always curious because it's like, as creatives, I feel like we kind of go in these waves, or at least I do, where it's like, oh, me too. I'll get super pumped up and then I can like get like a million things done. And then there's other times where I'm just like so slow and it's like, oh my God, it's just going to take a million years to get this done. And I kind of have to literally take a break and like not do anything. Completely. And I, I totally relate to that. And I, those are the days when it's like, I'm like, okay, I just, maybe I need to start out the day with a run to clear my head instead of like being so excited to get in the studio. And so like when I am in that, like the flow state, I'm like, great. I'll ride it while it lasts, yeah. but also knowing that uh, it's it's going to come and go, mm -hmm. um, but it's great. I'll take it when it's happening. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like just ride the wave. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely when it's, and it's, when it's not happening, it's harder to get up that same enthusiasm, but I feel like it's kind of, kind of like a muscle in a way of like the more I kind of forced is a strong word but the more I'm just like you know I'm gonna do it anyway like yeah. the more I kind of have positive reinforcement for myself yeah for sure um I'm curious how designers can work with you do are you uh, represented by anybody can they connect with you directly like how what's that relationship yeah I have some work with a few different galleries in San Diego right now I've been working with Oolong um and then I've been working with Quint as well down mm -hmm. in La Jolla um but I don't I'm not necessarily or I'm not represented by either of them so there's work available through both of those galleries um and they're both great and fantastic to work with okay. um and then I can I'm also available to be uh, contacted directly too and I take commissions on sometimes um if it seems like a good fit so yeah those are I'm uh can be contacted directly is probably the best route and then I can kind of shoot you in the right direction depending on um what you're looking for cool that's amazing yeah well thank you what yeah, is thank um, you, Rachel. yeah how can we find you how do we find you on website or instagram or how do you like to be seen yeah so i have a website that has um that's pretty updated or like that has all of my recent work on it um, okay. and it's just my first name and last name uh, taylorchapin.com and then i'm also on on instagram and i'm always posting kind of in progress studio shots uh the kind of more the more in between stuff that you don't see on the website so both of those are great sources and there's a you can contact me through the website too which okay. just goes to my email yeah i'd say those are probably instagram or my website are the best ways to uh see what i'm doing and what's coming up and all of that perfect We'll have those in the show notes so that people can connect with you and, and check great. out your art. All awesome. Right. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. This was so great. This is my my first podcast, so I hope I, I didn't ramble too much. <laughs> no, you're fantastic. <laughs> I love I love it. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I love being everyone's first <laughs> podcast. It just kind of <laughs> uses it all. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm really excited to have you and yeah. the other designers yeah. over. So I'm looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, we're pumped. And we'll be sharing all of your other events too. So just keep you posted on all of that. And, and we'll great. share it and get people to, to come out and support you. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you. And Maybe. thank you for all that you do. Of course. You've been listening to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. If it's one that you have been enjoying, please share with anyone else that you think can benefit from this knowledge and leave us a five-star review that helps us get seen and found by other new and aspiring interior designers. And if you're looking for mentorship, I invite you to join our club here at the Design Coven. It's a bridge between school and real life interior design. We get in much deeper there. We have virtual and in-person events. So everyone is welcome. You don't need to have a design degree to be part of it. Just an interest in holistic interior design. I also want to thank our editor, Marcy Ferry, Blake Ferris, for all of her special help with the podcast, our social media posts, newsletter, and lastly, Kinseth Thibodeau, who is our music composer. Until next time, be well, and we will see each other soon.